The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We know it's been a busy few weeks for all of us as we try to really keep up with it, with what is happening with COVID-19, with the pandemic, all the changes, the plans that have been put in place. And for those in positions in power, whether it's running a business, a hospital, a city or a province, there's been a lot of tough decisions that have had to be made. Uh, last week, the city of Edmonton declared a state of emergency and over the past few days has tried to balance the needs of the population with the safety of employees and the community. Mayor Don Iveson joins us this afternoon. Mayor Iveson, welcome to the show. Hey, Jalen. Thanks for having me on. Um, you're not feeling so well. You're at home self-isolating, aren't you? Yeah, I've got uh, sort of, I'm, I'm probably a little run down, as you might expect, uh, and hopefully this is just a cold, but I did the AHS self-assessment, and uh, I'm low risk, so I'm just uh, chilling here on their orders for um, uh, for the self-isolation period of, it's now 10 days from when you um, display symptoms. So, so far, so good. I'm feeling better today, but uh, the right thing to do is for me to stay home, but rest assured, I've spent most of the day on video conferences or on the phone with business leaders, federal and provincial ministers, uh, and uh, other mayors, and the city manager coordinating our response. So uh, Alice's bedroom is uh, my makeshift command center right now. All right. Um, you're talking about uh, those those meetings that you're having. We heard um, uh, interim city manager Lachlan just talking about some more services or things that have changed in the city over the past 24 hours. Moving forward, we're talking about outdoor playgrounds, city playgrounds being closed, the park space open, but the, the actual uh, slides and that sort of stuff not being able to use, the spray parks being closed, and more and more and more. When you look at this, when you, when you sit down with your team, Mayor Iveson, tell us what goes into making the decisions day by day. How does that work? I mean, today you've decided to do this. Why wasn't it yesterday? Why not two days from now? What is it that pushes it on these days? Well, first of all, we're working very closely with the Medical Officer of Health and Dr. Hinshaw, our new glorious leader um, in this uh, time of emergency. And uh, it gives us great confidence to know that she's got the latest information. And so we've got City of Edmonton staff embedded in the Provincial Operations Centre. And then because we've declared a state of uh, local emergency uh, and activated our own Operations Centre, we sort of have constant communication all around between the, the agencies calling these shots and and during a state of local emergency council has actually delegated and entrusted to adam lachlan the the interim city manager and his team the ability to make these calls so they don't actually have to come back to council for each one of these decisions a lot of them were in their delegated authority uh to make uh on a day-to-day basis these more extraordinary measures to restrict people's movements and issue orders to limit gatherings and other things those come under the emergency powers either of the provincial medical health emergency uh, or the state of local emergency. So, But I, I want to reassure people that Adam and his team have been really good about consulting uh, with up to the experts at the province and out to members of city council in our in our various meetings. And then on the day-to-day, he's, uh, he's checking in with me about these decisions as well, and we're feeding input that we're getting from the public in. So... They're made with the best information based on, on uh, you know, what we know, but also what we're hearing from people about concerns out there in the public. And over the last couple of days, we just couldn't ensure uh, that playground equipment was going to be clean and safe for people. 
and yet we also hear that people still want to be outside. So as long as they can maintain that social distancing in the park setting next to the playground equipment or down in the river valley or on the stairs, if they're on the stairs, uh, then we can keep allowing that activity. be ideal not to go into full, full lockdown like other places have. And if people are self-isolating and maintaining the distance to prevent the spread of the virus, then we can kind of keep some of the lights on in our civilization here rather than going closer to dark the way other places have. But again, we're monitoring it uh, hour by hour, really, and then responding to uh, the best advice of the medical officer of health of the province. Well, Mayor Iveson, let's talk about social distancing and let's talk about what we saw on the weekend. Let's talk about what um, the, the city manager just talked about. And to be honest with you, the premier's talked about it, the prime minister's talked about it, you've talked about it, about the need to social distance and why it seems that some people are still not getting the message. Um, what more can we do on this front? Well, this is really culture change, and, and it's tough for people because we're social creatures and we want to be around each other. And, uh, you know, on the weekend, uh, my family, we rode over to uh, my parents' place, a couple neighborhoods over, and stood on the sidewalk while they were on the porch and just checked in on how they're doing. We're probably four or five meters away just to be on the safe side. And, um, and I'm glad because at that point, I wasn't feeling uh, any symptoms. But uh, later in that day, I started to feel not so good and I thought boy it's it's really important that at a time where I might have already been contagious but wasn't feeling it yet that I observed that social distancing with people in my life who I care about and that's what sorry that's what people need to get through their heads is that they might be carriers right now and they might give it to someone who they love and and if they're higher risk because they have an autoimmune issue that they don't know about or or if they're elderly and and uh, uh, infirm in some way even if they do know about it um so so it is a change in culture for people but um but we really need people to get the message because if they can we can get on top of this faster and get back to our day-to-day lives restore uh, some economic hope amidst the despair and concern that I'm hearing from from people who have lost their jobs and, and from landlords and, and business people who are having to make just unfathomably difficult decisions about their employees and their businesses. So the sooner the better. The Mayor the Iveson, better. It's, it's, it's obvious that um, these decisions have have and are weighing heavily on you uh, as well and earlier today we heard from the city manager and he got choked up as well um how how are you personally handling this well with uh with a lot of contact with friends with uh with a lot of contact with colleagues uh talking to other mayors in the region and around the country who are dealing with this uh does provide a sort of measure of peer support as it as it were um but ultimately i mean i think that for every frustrating story about a measure that you wish had been different or a change that's inconvenient um or or tragedy of of loss of life or outbreak in in different parts of the world for all of the bad news there are these incredible stories of resilience and care that don't always make it onto the news but social media has actually taken a turn for the better finally here where <laughs> people are pushing out uh, some of those messages so uh, so my office is, is trading those around uh, uh, some of the the mayors have been trading good news stories um, and so there's a lot of uplifting stuff out there and it's kind of that somewhere between 80 20 and 95 5 is the 
um, you know, the, the, the good news ratio in real life. It's not always what you see in uh, in in the press, uh, but no offense, but, but you know we talk about what's not going well because we want to fix it, and we don't spend a lot of time talking about the extraordinary efforts on the front lines of our public services, our bus drivers, our nurses, our doctors, our cleaning people, grocery store clerks are heroes now, and they should be. Uh, so everybody's working hard, or almost everybody's working hard, and so there's, you know, that that provides some resiliency too. And then just, you know, finding new ways to connect with friends and and relatives to just keep in touch with everybody. So so I'm doing that, and then I'm burying myself in the work, which as a good workaholic, that's my other coping strategy <laughs> is just being uh, right right deep in the the tough work that that we need to do. A couple of questions um, for you, and they've they've been coming in over my text line over the past week as well. A, a lot of folks wondering about personal services like hair salons, barber shops, that sort of st- stuff. And someone just texted and said, "Hey, I'm in that business, and I'm struggling with the close contact involved with these services." And you know, we know that other provinces have mandated restrictions. And again, I know this might be a provincial thing instead of a, a city thing, but is that something that is being looked at, Mayor Iveson? It's certainly come up quite a bit, uh, uh, and frankly, both folks lobbying who want to keep their businesses going, who are really concerned about their financial welfare, the welfare of their employees. We're also hearing from customers and employees who are concerned about being forced to continue to go to work or, or uh, concerned about the welfare of, of, of staff. And so I... That tension is very real in a variety of different areas of business and even public service. And so I, uh, I empathize with those difficult decisions that people are making. Um, but ultimately, again, our view on this is that a consistent approach across the region and across the province is probably best based on the latest information that they're seeing about community transmission rates. Uh, so if they go up, doubtless those will be the kinds of services that will be restricted, though. So again, the more social distancing we're doing, the more self-isolation we're doing, the more testing we're doing to catch uh, things, and the province is doing a phenomenal job, got to give them full credit on the relentless testing that they're doing. Um, there comes a point in time where you've got to close down services like that. They they say we're not at that point yet. The minute they say that changes, those services will have to close and the city will be enforcing the closure of uh, those kinds of activities. Mayor Iveson, um, the city has put in place a, a number of things to help ease the burden right now. Um, you know, we, you talked earlier about uh, the property tax deadlines, public utility fees, all those things being moved, changed. Um, I, I'm wondering what kind of tough position this puts the city in when all is said and done. What does it what does it leave the bank account for the city looking like? Well, that's uh, I'm really glad you asked that question because uh, I'm not sure how well our CFO is sleeping right now, to be honest with, <laughs> with you. Uh, and we just hired her from the province, actually, and she's a great hire and she's doing a great job trying to stretch every dime in the city of Edmonton's reserves to be able to help us uh, provide at least delays and payments for people. And I remember that the city can't run a deficit really um, 
um, we've got to, when it's all said and done, we've got to pay all our bills uh, at the end of the year. And we're actually incurring extra expenses right now because of precautions that need to be taken for emergency services uh, and the kind of 24-7 operations, waiving fees for, for parking and, and transit and so on and so forth. So we're, we're running up a tab right now, and we don't know uh, what that's going to look like when it's all said and done, as it were. And at the same time, so we're spending more, and we're likely to take in less because of the utility bill and property tax relief we've already offered. We actually think we need to offer much more property tax relief, closer to what the province announced uh, uh, yesterday for their provincial education property taxes. Ideally, and we uh, released a statement on this today, as did the AUMA, and, and spent some time with Mayor Nenshi uh, on the phone this morning. Ideally, we'd like to coordinate all the property tax relief, provincial and municipal, to be consistent uh, around the province. However, city of Edmonton uh, doesn't have unlimited reserves to float that sort of thing and our capacity to borrow to pay for operating expenses is is limited as it should be under normal circumstances in this case though we are going to need a significant like many other sectors and institutions a significant liquidity injection uh, for us to make it through the year and defer the revenue we would need to pay the bills that we're accumulating now and we don't want to stiff suppliers or or uh, compromise payroll or anything like that uh, for our emergency uh, uh, personnel or anybody else working hard at the city right now. So we, we do have a huge financial nut to crack here, and so does virtually every other municipality, especially the big cities. But all municipalities are looking to provide relief to ratepayers and their tenants uh, and families and homeowners as well. And so uh, we've we've had a running conversation with senior levels of government about what they might be able to do for all of us to help uh, help us bridge the gap here and i just spent some time earlier today with uh, um, with uh, some of the owners uh, from west edmonton mall on the phone uh, talking about the impacts to their tenants and and their issues and they've got the biggest property tax bill in the city but they're not alone in needing some relief and uh, but for us to do that we're going to need uh, a substantial bridge finance liquidity intervention or um, some kind of measure uh, from the province and or the feds in order to allow us to pass some much-needed relief on to ratepayers. Mayor Iveson, before I let you go this afternoon, we're getting to the point, we're looking ahead, seeing more and more events being cancelled. We've seen the Olympics, uh, on a world perspective, be postponed for a year. We're moving into summertime, of course, Edmonton, the festival city. Do you know off the top of your head of anything that has been cancelled, postponed? And I, I guess I'm specifically wondering about the World Triathlon planned for this year. Any word that it might be shifted to 2021? I, I think the decisions the IOC makes will probably be indicative of what a lot of uh, single sport organizations will make. I, I confess we haven't looked closely at ITU, but I suspect it will be impacted. Uh, I, I hope it isn't, but um, ultimately we'll work with the uh, the sanctioning bodies Um 
with the triathlon organization in order to uh, do what's right and safe for the athletes, uh, the volunteers, the staff, and and uh, the fans. So, um, so that's just one of many, many things that's going to be impacted, not just here in the city, but around the world potentially. But we haven't got to festival season or the summer event uh, season yet. We're still kind of working day to day on on um, the quarantine measures and and enforcements of the new state of local emergency but we will come to all of those uh, all of those matters in the coming weeks i suspect before i let be hugely, you go hugely disruptive absolutely uh, before i let you go anything you want to say specifically to to those listening to those across uh, edmonton across northern alberta who are who are listening right now well first um we're not alone in this i can assure you from my conversations that a lot of what we're feeling is what uh, people around the world and certainly across the country and province are feeling um but i acknowledge also that there's a ton of uncertainty and and that breeds fear and sometimes that breeds anger and and those are all natural responses um uh, to a situation as grave as this. However, the antidote to all of those things is uh, the resiliency that we find in community, in family, in our households. You know, we've had some pretty lovely family time here, Sarah and I and the kids, the last few days. So, you know, there are some upsides uh, to uh, the reconnecting with family and reconnecting with friends from remote in a different way. And just try to find that resiliency uh, for, for those closest to you first. And I just I salute employers uh, and entrepreneurs who are really concerned about their employees uh, and their businesses and their uh, their uh, what's happening in the economy. But everyone's dealing with that. And and what I can tell you is that governments are really concerned about security for families, security for businesses, uh, trying to get this public health situation under control as quickly as possible with a view to getting the economy working again and getting back to normal life. And and, uh, people are putting aside uh, partisanship um, and, uh, you know, whatever other kind of challenges build up sometimes between people and mm-hmm. in, in institutions people are pe- people are putting stuff aside in extraordinary ways and and really working at a speed that i have never seen in public life before but with a strong commitment uh, to serve people so hopefully that will in time restore um some people's hope and confidence in their public institutions because i'm just absolutely blown away by the work people are doing for us right now Mayor Iveson, I'm going to leave it there this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.